Hi, this is Meredith from Redondo Beach, California, and you are listening to Outlander Cast with Mary and Blake. All the way from Cranston, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Hello, everybody. My name's Blake. Today, I will be your host. Now, I will apologize in advance. I suck at hosting. <laughs> I'm not good. I'm the guy that... that I'm the nerd that shows up. I'm not the talent. I'm not the talent like my wife. <laughs> my wife is the host. Unfortunately, she is not able to do the show this evening. Uh, it's actually something that we had talked about in advance. And the reason why we are doing that is just because, well, it's been a pretty hard week and a half. Um, for those of you who do not know, uh, my cat <laughs> was uh, hit by a car uh, and we had to put her down and uh, this was a cat that uh, is a, mem- a member of our family, and uh, you know, and uh, it's it's been a hard week, and we did some other things too. There's there was this whole fiasco with Facebook and and Sony, and Sony shutting Facebook pages down, and w- unfortunately, we were a part of that. Um, so I and you know, I don't know why. I don't know why they they chose to do what they did. Um, it's frustrating, <laughs> but you know it is what it is. It's since been rectified. Luckily, our Facebook page is now back up. You have probably seen that. Uh, so, it, it, when it comes on, when it all comes down to it, it's this: uh, my wife had an opportunity to go out this evening. Uh, she's been very down because of the Facebook thing, and also because of our cat, uh, you know, having to be put down. Um, our Khaleesi, our our mother of dragons. That that was our cat's name. Well, Khaleesi, not mother of dragons. That's just that's her nickname. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, I think uh, she I, she had an opportunity to go out with some friends tonight, and uh, you know she doesn't go out that often with friends. So I said, "Honey, you know what? Go out uh, and enjoy your time and have some fun. Go have uh, a drink or two or or seven, and uh, and uh, I'll take care of the podcast. Uh, and that's what I'm doing today. So you are stuck with me for uh, the next uh, 45 minutes or so, and uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, couple of things I do want to get off the top of this episode before I get into all the listener feedback. One, my darling wife is going to Maryland uh, on Saturday to uh, go check out some Outlander artifacts in Bel Air, Maryland. So if you are in the area of Maryland, please do go check her out there. Uh, she'll be there and there's all, all the event stuff is on Facebook. There's the, it's all on the page. So you'll be able to see it there. I don't, I don't need to tell you all about it, but, uh, if you do want to meet Mary, uh, and you are in the Maryland area, please go check her out. Another thing too, is this, uh, as a, a surprise to all of you, I, su- I suppose, um, and you guys are going to, uh, 
reap the benefits of listening to the Listener Feedback Podcast. Mary and I are having a finale party uh, here up in Providence, Rhode Island, at a hotel. And we are going to do a live broadcast of the podcast in front of an audience. Uh, and in addition to having uh, some food and some drink and uh, actually some live music, and we're, we're doing a big, huge event. Uh, and we're, we're putting it on at a hotel, the Hilton Hotel in Providence. And it will be happening uh, on the day of the finale, uh, d- December 10th, I believe that it is. And uh, we're all going to get together and, and have a good time. And uh, tickets are now, as I think you're listening to this, uh, they are available. Um, so if you're listening to this prior to the, the, the finale, thank you very much. Tickets will be available on our Facebook page uh, via Eventbrite. Uh, tickets are actually $70 per person. Uh, that will include all the entertainment, everything that everything that encompasses a party like this, the food, the beverages, all that other stuff. All, the, the money is going solely to just providing you guys a good time, and we're putting it all together. Uh, we are not taking anything out of it. It's just to have a good time and have a party and, and watch the show and have a live podcast, and uh, you get a chance to meet some of the Outlander cast staff as well. And uh, and then we're going to have some vendors there doing some really cool things, kilt makers and yada yada. We're putting on a whole event and we want you, we are inviting you to come. You, the listener, right now, you're listening into your car, you're at the gym, you're doing your walk, I don't know what you, maybe you're at work, you're blowing it all off just because you're at work and work sucks. <laughs> I can appreciate that. Uh, whatever you're doing, get online right now and go see if tickets are still available. We are actually only selling 70 tickets right now. That's it, 70. It's going to be a small personal event so get there early get there often go to the facebook page check out Eventbrite, and see if there are still some tickets available for mary and blake's live finale party in providence december 10th i think it starts at 6 p.m all the event all the uh, uh, event details are there check that out as for now um want to let you know that this episode here the episode 102 of outlander cast is brought to you by MidwithMary.com, uh, where you can go to a place of discovering the best makeup and skincare products while uncovering your confidence as a woman. And I got to tell you, my wife is the one who runs this. It's her business. Uh, I mean, I run it with her, but she is amazing at what she does. Please do go give it a chance. And a special thing, if you become a $10 patron or above on patreon.com slash outlandercast, you actually get a 10% discount on any item in the Minute with Mary store. Anything you want, anything you could think of, makeup, skincare, the highest quality products, Mary has them. She will hook you up. Every single um, interaction is her. It's nobody else. It's just her. So check that out. 10% off if you become a patron of OutlanderCast at patreon.com slash OutlanderCast. 10% off for anybody who does a, becomes a $10 level patron or above. All right. You ready? Now that all the business is out of the way, let's uh, let's get to the uh, listener feedback, shall we? So, as always, we begin with the website feedback, and this one comes from Rosemary Knight. She says, I already left an initial kilt rating of five kilts on the Facebook page for Outlander Cast. Thank you very much, Rosemary. But after watching the episode a couple of more times and listening to you guys, I'm going to have to downgrade 
to 4.9 kills. This was still one of my favorite episodes of all time. It hit home on so many levels. It had so many wonderful relationship dynamics. I was thrilled to see Jamie and Claire that we have grown to love come back. The humor, the passion, and the raw emotions, and the acting was superb from everyone in the episode. But the fundamental problems with this episode were that were just too big to ignore. The first issue was the will she or won't she leave cliffhanger. One minute Claire's telling Jenny that she wants a second chance and loves Jamie more than anything. And the next minute she tells Jamie that she thinks that they don't belong together anymore. The problem is that there is just wasn't a major catalyst pushing that change of heart. Jamie's unwillingness to punish leg hair just shouldn't be that catalyst. Claire isn't so heartless that she wouldn't want those girls to be orphaned. Besides, Ian's kidnapping was enough of a cliffhanger. We did not need to. And Blake, I do agree with you that Jamie was given too many passes. And that's where the book got it right and the episode got it wrong. Now, I will say, commandment number three, the book and the show are separate. <laughs> we all know we all know the rules. We all know the commandments. However, I think Rosemary does have a good point here. In the book, Jamie does thrash Wee Ian, but then has Wee Ian thrash him for his role. And Claire does leave Jamie. Leg hair shoots Jamie while Claire is gone, and Jamie is near death. Wee Ian tracks Claire down. By the way, Rosemary, thank you for <laughs> commandment number four. No more young Ian. We, Ian, tracks Claire down before she reaches Inverness and convinces her to come back and save Jamie. And Jamie is out for days. When he comes to, they have their big hot-to-hot, and Claire decides to stay. And for the sake of time, the episode seriously abridged these events. But in doing so, it didn't allow for Jamie to face consequences for his actions. And it didn't provide a resolution to the relationship. If they had moved the flashback to Silky Island to episode three, where it honestly belonged, perhaps there would have been more time for some of this to occur. Oh, you know, Rosemary, um, yes, 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 yes. And she also says, I believe that the showrunners are trying to cram too much story into the back half of the season. They put so much emphasis on the time that Jamie and Claire spent apart that they may be shortchanging the time they are together. Less than one third of the book was focused on this apart time, but the show dedicated 40% of the episodes to it. The apart time was allowed to breathe and develop, but having the relationship itself seems rushed and less developed. Having said all that, I'm still hopeful for the future. Rosemary, I this is where I will stray from you here a little bit. Um, just because the book was th- uh, a third of them being the apart time and 40% of the uh, show is with the apart time. Listen, it, it's not apples to apples because the show isn't adapting the book 100% completely. And just because the book has given a, a third of itself to the rest... to to the apart time doesn't mean that the show should have to. Um, sometimes you want to flesh out certain things that the book didn't do. Maybe you want to streamline other things that the book can't do. Uh, ultimately, here's the thing. Does it make sense within um, within the context of what the show was trying to tell you? And yes, so far, the apart time in the show, at least in my opinion, has been the best part of the show so far. Because it starts off with a level that 
you know, from which you're beginning for both Claire and Jamie. And it's drama-filled, and it's character-driven, and those are all things that I appreciated and why I gave all those episodes the, the, the high ratings that they were given. So it made sense within the show. What doesn't make sense within the show is Jamie not having consequences. And what I wish they did put in, which you did highlight here, is the fact that Jamie did. Claire did leave. It happened. She made her choice. That is a consequence for Jamie. That is something that should have been included in the show. And yes, it should have been included at the expense of the long time they spent. Well, not long, but a relatively fair amount of time at the Silky Island or you know, maybe there are some other areas that they could cut down. Would I have rather seen Claire leave and we, Ian, go to get Claire? Yes, definitely, 100%, because Jamie does have to pay. Allison says, on the subject of why Jenny sent for leg hair, I think Jenny is testing Claire. She has seen what losing Claire did to Jamie and the fact that it took so long for him to cobble together any kind of life for himself. Given the explanation she got of the how and why Claire left the first time, I think she's throwing everything she can at her just to see if she'll leave again. If so, better now than when Jamie won't be able to recover from it. She is hurt as well, but I think she's mainly trying to protect her brother. Allison, 100% right. I could totally see, see Jenny doing that just to say, Claire, get take a hike. Get out of here. Uh, Mary Beth Sheets says... As a book reader, I do enjoy the outlandish crystal ball predictions. Ah, thank you very much. As a caution, however, read these script stars posts on the app. Then you know what scenes were cut. We missed Fergus updating Jamie on the one-eyed guy. We missed Fergus and Masali, Ma, uh, Marsali making goo-goo eyes at each other. We missed Claire bonding with wee Joni with red hair. The writers are dropping gems and clues all over the script. Alas, the editors are using one of Claire's scalpels to cut important dialogue. Uh, yes, uh, Mary Beth, I, I, do I want to go read the script? No, I don't. Uh, but I do recommend that if people do want to get a, a clearer view of what the writers were trying to accomplish, do go to the Stars uh, app and check out the all of the scripts that are posted and are available at Stars that were uh, made by the Outlander writers. They're all there. You can you can read every single script that you want. I choose not to because I think the show should speak for itself. I don't want the script that was either not shot or edited out to fill in the gaps for a show that is already published. Do you know what I mean? I feel like if the show isn't doing it, I shouldn't be privy to what the script says because the show should speak for itself. Jane says, I enjoyed the episode and agree with just about everything that Mary and I said. Very insightful, especially about all the plot manipulations at the end. How did they miss seeing that ship, by the way? Yes, Jane, what the, I mean, I, I know ships can hide behind islands with their perspective, how high they were, how far away they were. Perhaps, yes, maybe the ship was hiding behind the island. But wouldn't Ian have seen that ship? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, he's up in that castle. Maybe there's an argument to be made he didn't see it around the castle. It's, it's possible. Uh, but it, that, was, that was a manipulation at the very least. And an egregious, egregious error at the worst. <laughs> and it's probably somewhere in between. Um, because it was just put in there for effect. And I and I didn't like that. However, 
you missed an important point, Blake, about leg hair. Thank you for that nickname because I had to find a comment with her real name and copy paste it to spell Lay Leary. <laughs> Jamie says that the marriage didn't work because she's been abused in some way by a previous husband and didn't want to be touched, which he probably feels sympathetic about considering his own reactions to Claire's touch after he'd been tortured and raped by Blackjack Randall. However, it made it sound like he left leg hair because the physical part of their marriage wasn't working. Surely there had to be more emotional or compatibility reasons that he left her and not just the sex. Just as Claire's relationship with Frank also had a similar dynamic. Anyway, there are a lot there that was just brushed over and I hope it will come up again. Yes, Jane, a hundred percent. Uh, I think if you if you glance at it, it looks like, oh, Jamie didn't want to be in a relationship because she wasn't being physical. I think you could make an argument there that that's at least partially true. However, he did manage to say that they fought constantly, that they couldn't get along, uh, and he was happy to spend time away from her because of how much she was bitching at him. Now, is that the reason? Could it be the reason? Yeah, I think so. Could it also be the reason that he said, which was, I couldn't take someone looking at me at a physical touch, looking at me like they were scared? Yeah, I think that's part of it too. Is it just about the sex? I, I can't go there because of the comments that he made uh, prior to the prior to the physical comments go back and take a and take a watch and 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 look at that scene again with with a little bit more context after you listen to this and i think you'll you'll see what i'm getting at deborah Kaysen says to me the fight between claire and jamie was perfect ever since claire came back jamie is terrified of losing her again he will not survive a second time he's trying to figure out a way to tell her and when she finds out before he can tell her she turns on him this was his greatest fear. He has been with her for three days max. The biggest shock of his life. Never thought that this would happen. Now everything he was afraid of is happening. He's an 18th century man. She is a 20th century woman. Talk about how men and women related back then. Jamie only knew how it was then. Saw his parents' interaction. And Mary, as book reader, remembers a certain interaction between Ian and Jenny that Jamie overheard. Well, Mary's not here to <laughs> talk about that, but I'm sure she will remember that. Does Jamie take out his frustration on Claire? No. On a table and a wash basin. Has he grown because of Claire? Yes. But he is so terrified of losing her that he will do everything in his power to keep her. In the 18th century, man slips back in. Deborah, I agree with you. It's a shock. I agree with you. It's three days. But the excuse that he's an 18th century man and she's a 20th century woman, in my opinion, does not hold water. That, to me, is making an excuse for the content and making an excuse for Jamie, which I feel like has been done a lot. Not necessarily by listeners, although that does happen. <laughs> but I mean by the show itself, and which, which is what I talked about last episode. All of his actions in this episode past episode were just kind of glossed over they were let go because the plot demanded it and what you're saying is well he's an 18th century man he reacts 18th century ways i think on a, on a certain level you're right but on a deeper level you're not entirely right because 
Jamie is well aware of Claire. He is well aware that she's a 20th century woman, and he is also well aware that the values of a 20th century woman are much different. He already knows. He's already experienced them. Had he just met Claire, then yes, you are right. But he didn't. They were married. Yes, it's been a long time, but he still knows. He still knows that Claire expects certain things to be certain ways. Now, is it hard for him to get back into that? Perhaps. I could make that argument. I, I could at least have a conversation there. But for him for to excuse that action, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure if that's uh, something I could I could go with. Uh, on Facebook, Marianne Meester says, I think my biggest thorn in my side throughout is how much they are making Jamie flat out lie. That's not the character I know from the books. Say it with me now, commandment number three. <laughs> the books and the show are different. He may have been deceptive or evasive, but his word was his bond and his honor. Now, I will say this, Marianne. The difference in the book and the show, obviously, commandment number three, is that they are separate. They are separate entities. The show, as we all know, takes inspiration from the books. And it can change things. It's allowed to do that. Now, is it a fundamental change? Are we taking Jamie and making him a mass murderer? No. Is it a fundamental change to his character arc? No, it's not. And the reason why it's not is because within the logic of the show, in my eyes, we are seeing Jamie having to do whatever it takes to survive through Ardsmir, through Cave Jamie, through Hellwater... Uh, through uh, being married to leg hair for a little bit and then becoming a, a bootlegger. And in, in that profession, you have to lie. You have to uh, become that kind of man. You know, maybe not fully, but at least to an extent. So for him to lie, it's probably become easier for him over time because that is what the story demands. The story demands that he becomes that different man. Just because he was that way in the book doesn't necessarily mean he has to be that way in the show. Charlotte Mullen says, I always enjoy the podcast because I'm always finish it smiling. Thank you very much, Charlotte. One thought, Blake, you commented that there were diversions keeping Jamie from being held accountable for his misdeeds. Mary then is calling Jamie a big freaking liar when you hit the music cue and the discussion is diverted. Jamie gets another reprieve temporarily, but it cracked me up. Yes, that happened. That is just the podcast gods. I think that was, uh, I think the Outlander gods and the podcast gods got together and said, screw Blake, screw his points, screw his logic. We're going to make this happen. <laughs> Pat Jewell says, thank you for a great podcast. I loved listening. Great observations. I agree with you both about the fight between Jamie and Claire. It is uncomfortable, but it is needed. And as a viewer, we have to see it. As a reader, I thought it was actually even worse. I felt Jamie nearly rapes Claire in the book. I still have not settled on a rating. Nearly a five kill, but not there yet. Enjoy Bel Air, Maryland, by the way. Mary, because um, she's going away as to, into Maryland, as I said earlier in the show. Uh, listen, I, I think the argument is great. The fight is great. The sexual interaction after the fight, uh, that forcible nature, I, I don't think is appropriate. I don't think it was cute. I don't think it was funny. 
I don't think it was light as the music intended it to be. I got the same exact feeling, like I said, from re- the reckoning uh, when Jamie had to give her the strap. I I just it don't it does it doesn't work for me. I, it just doesn't work for me, and I don't think that's something we needed to see. Do I think we needed to see them have uh, some kind of sexual re- interaction? Sure. Do I think you know? Could could it have been a little bit more tense between the two? Sure. And for to again, book and show separate. For the book to say that she he nearly rapes Claire, it it is not acceptable. I don't care if it's Jamie. I don't care if it's uh, Pope Francis or whatever, whoever the hell the Pope is now. If, if he was allowed to have sex, <sighs> you know what I mean. You, you know what I'm getting at. It ain't right. And it's not okay for Jamie to nearly rape Claire. It's unacceptable, either in the book or in the show. And that's why I feel if any of the characters were doing this, it would be considered a near rape or at least, at the very least, an assault. And nobody wants to see that. And that's why I don't think it was necessary for the show. Dolores Little says, while I've enjoyed the podcast for season three, it always felt like something was missing. And this morning I figured out what it was. While listening to the recap of 308, The First Wife, Blake finally did his Claire impression. I laughed so hard I almost wrecked my car. It was the first one Blake's done this season. Please do more. Well, (laughs) I'm so happy uh, that you mentioned it. Thank you very much. Yes, I did do the Claire impression. And I purposely stayed away from it because this season has been pretty heavy so far, but I feel like we're going to get a lot more Claire impressions. We're going to get a lot more Claire voice going forward. So uh, keep your eye out there, Dolores. That's my girl. We'll, we'll get some more Claire voice in there for you. Lynn Dempsey says, how much alcohol did she give Jamie to get the shot out of his arm? He passed out. He'd drink you under the table on a normal weekday. He's got a bit of tolerance. Yeah, you know what? I noticed that for her to be giving him that much whiskey, for him to just pass out, <laughs> he must have been hammered, just totally jacked up. That, oh my God. Uh, she says, The great was the look on Claire's face when she heard daddy. I loved their fight too. It was hot. So much fiery angry, anger and passion. It reminds me of their fight in the reckoning after they rescued Claire. Totally agree. Some great lines. Uh, I told you. To thank her, not marry her. (laughs) Oh, here we go. I told you to thank her, not marry her. Claire said everything the viewers were thinking such as why her of all the people knowing the story. Jamie's flustered response of, you told me to be nice to her, was craziness. So glad Claire mentioned the little girl with the red hair. We viewers of the just the show were thinking the same exact thing. Yes, I was. I was like, how many freaking kids does Jamie actually have? Jamie expressing that he was a coward and would do anything to keep her. Oh, my heart. His resentment and jealousy of the last 20 years, so raw and real. Jenny busting in with the water. It was so hilarious, so Jenny, and so perfect. I also liked Jenny and Ian's fight. Ian says, when there is a pot of shite, you just have to stir. (laughs) The bad. One thing that's crazy to me is how why Ian, young Ian, come on now, commandment number four, we, Ian, does not have a boat. I totally agree. Why is there not a boat? It's not like he just escaped from prison. Craziness. How is Ian going to swim back with the box of treasure anyway? Why didn't Jamie have a boat and go with him in the boat? Oh, thank you. We call that a 
plot hole. <laughs> the kidnapping could still happen, but in a more realistic way with Jamie fighting the men. It makes no sense to me why Jamie and Claire were so far away during this scene. Well, I, you know, I understand why Jamie couldn't be there um, because they needed that beautiful scene between he and Claire. I get it. Um, you know, the one way they could they could walk around it would be since Jamie is hurt and he does have the sling, he could get overtaken by men. Claire could be on that boat with them. Perhaps the boat, uh, uh, or perhaps they they both get taken prisoner, or I, I don't know. I'm not sure how they would work. How they would work it? Why would they just leave young Ian and leave you know take uh, we Ian and then just leave? jamie and claire that that wouldn't make sense so probably the most logical thing to do is have them separated what is illogical is not having a boat because yes you're right how would young we ian carry that damn treasure back also not a bad but it's just as frustrating every time jamie and claire go into a really good part of the conversation hashing things out they get interrupted or something bad happens one example was jamie said that the line we've all been waiting for and then claire can respond ian's in trouble Yes, that's exactly what I was saying last podcast. I hope they have some good conversations while stuck on a ship. I did love that they choose to put that fan favorite line here, and it worked well. One last thing was disappointing. When Claire was operating on Jamie, it surprised me that Jenny wasn't assisting Claire. I thought it would be a great opportunity for Jenny to witness what Claire can do. It would have softened Jenny in regards to Claire as well as make Jenny more suspicious of where Claire has been and where she is from. I loved having Ian... Uh, there, but thought Jenny should be there too. Yes, that would have been a fantastic choice. Uh, she did say, I truly love this episode. It was one of my favorites. It wasn't for the unrealistic way Ian's kidnapping occurred. I would have given it five kills. So my rating is 4.9. So that, there you go. Christy Tartub says, I'm a book reader and a TV show watcher, but I'm still not clear on the marriage bed between Jamie and Leg Hair. So they did sleep together, if yes, it was only a few times, but she cringed at his touch. Was she raped in her previous marriages, or were they just less gentle than he was? I'm shocked she didn't fall into his bed willing and ready to be obsessed as she was with Jamie. Can someone explain this part to me? Yes. Uh, at least I can tell you my interpretation of it. My interpretation is she was raped, or she at least was abused by previous husbands, and I think she went into it with Jamie very excited. She got to the point of having to be physical and suddenly a PTSD kind of thing kicks in and she just can't. And that makes sense to me. Lisa Cole Perkis says, did anyone notice that Claire skirts around Brianna when Jenny asks her if she had any children with Frank? I don't know why she would do that as far as plotline for future episodes. I understand why, no spoilers, but it seems strange in the moment. Uh, Lisa, I kind of disagree. It makes sense to me because imagine if she did say, yes, I had a child and it was actually Jamie's and I left that child <laughs> back in the colonies and uh, sorry about that. Don't you think Jenny, the way she was, would just be a little upset with her? Would be like, oh, so not only are you here now after 20 years, but now you're abandoning your daughter. Why didn't you bring the daughter? Where is she? Why can't you see her dad? Like, it would just open up a whole new level of questioning. I don't think that Claire was ready for. Uh, Suzanne Cole Rice says, simply fabulous, five kilts, the good, being back home and all that it entails. I loved young Janet. 
Ian's wonderful line, you wouldn't be here if it was we, just cracks me up. I totally agree. Uh, so much good stuff here and so great to see all this play out. There is so much in the section of the book and they did a great job of putting it all together. The bad, nothing was really bad, just missing or different. I missed the thrashing part because there was a great content there, but the substitute gave some good lines too. I love Janet and Ian together. The loss of the whole treasure story where the family used it when they needed it and all the boys when they came back of age took their turn going to the island gives it a different color to do it differently. Also, we, Jamie, did remember her and there was more contact with the kids and they called her auntie. It is shutting Claire out only by setting it up this way with Jenny could even be colder, but having young Ian be the only one to call her auntie shows the bond that they already have and will continue to have that will be so important. So I think I get the changes and it didn't spoil my love of the episode. The Great was Claire and Jamie's fight so well. In the book, one of the complaints from Jamie is that he and Leghair did not know how to fight. She just cried. This is so much of a part of their relationship, and it always helps them to get to the place where they need to be. Now that they are talking about things, it's just a couple we know and love. Sam and Kat are superb when they go full all out, and Kat's face in shock is just amazing. The line we thought was cut, will you take me and risk the man that I am for the sake of the man you knew, showed up on the cliff, but before it could be answered, here comes the ship, so it felt like a bit of a short change there. But at least... We got it. Kari Iris Lane says, listening to the podcast on my walk this morning and on the question of we Ian's waitress encounter, it definitely counts. See, I wish Mary were here for this. Kari, you have my back. Thank you. <laughs> it definitely does count. She says, I know it was last week, but Mary mentioned it again this week. And my husband's opinion is there is no way he could have lasted that long on his first time. So this was round two, all on the same night. Heck, even right after, because the lad is 16. He's got some great recovery. So they got interrupted later in the evening. Kari, oh. Yes, 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 yes. Mitzi Roadcap says, I loved every brilliantly crafted and performed frame of the episode. My personal highlights were the fight scene that was glorious and I enjoyed every minute of it. Actually had my popcorn out watching these two go at it. They play these scenes so well. The young actor who portrayed Joan McKimmy stole every scene that she was in. An adorable little girl. I could fully understand why Jamie wanted to be her dad. Totally agree, Mitzi. She, who shall not be named, had limited screen time. Thank you, writing staff. And although I dug deep to try to find some compassion for her, I have no compassion to give. I still loathe her. I'm sorry. But good performance by Nell. And deep freeze Jenny. Claire pretty much summed it up later when she was talking to Jamie about telling her the full truth. She definitely put it out in the blo- in the in this big um welcome mat. I loved how Ian took her to task for her actions when she was just cleaning up the room. The brief time with Ned Gowan was a real treat. Bill Patterson is a joy to watch. And finally, the scene where Claire breaks out the syringe to give Jamie the shot. It was one of my favorite scenes in the book, and it was fun to watch. The look of fear on Jamie's face, the look of sadistic glee on Claire's when she jabs him with a needle. Perfect. A great big thank you to the whole Outlander team for the very enjoyable episode. Definitely one of my favorites this season. I actually agree. I still laugh every time I see that scene when he's like, I would like to know how putting a needle in my arse is going to help my arm. Like, 
I just thought that was so funny. Very, 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 very good. Uh, Angela Hickey says, it was so great to hear the podcast. Thank you, Angela. And thank you for doing it in spite of all you went through this week. Hugs and so much love to you both and the wee ones too. Again, thank you very much, Angela. I cannot tell you how much that means to me. I loved this episode and gave it a 4.8 kilt rating. I believe that is the tie for my top rating so far this season. I won't repeat my review because you can read it. I will just say as a book reader, it was the best example of a true adaptation of this season. I explained that here, but Joy Blake rocked and she did such a great job with these characters that I'm praying hard that they give her the Lally Brock episode next season, if there is one. But I want to talk about some things first from the podcast. Blake, you brought my attention to two things that I thought were brilliant observations. First, the camera work in the end, and the use of space in storytelling. I didn't notice it at first, being absorbed into it, but wow, you are so on the money. The camera work really told... Uh, uh, where am I? Sorry. The, like, it really told a layer of the story, which was excellent. Thank you for pointing that out. Second, I really love the idea of splitting the flashback. I remember it felt disjointed back in 303 and not getting the punch right then of why he had seen with Lord John asking to kill him. I understood it as a book reader, but a show watcher did not get the full punch of the emotion behind that scene with Lord John and now has to look back five episodes to connect those emotions causing it to lose power show watchers are not even thinking about lord john right now like they were in the moment uh, or care that he asked to die i think splitting it showing it in 303 until he bent his head and gritted his teeth then the scene with lord john per the interruptus would have really increased the emotional impact then here in 308 the flashback could have skipped the swimming and picked him up looking around bending his head like a 10 second rewind from where we stopped but then kept going to reveal the treasure great idea love it and wish they had done it that way thank you angela and one other thing i wanted to point it out too uh more great camera work but also and this is where you can tell um steve mcnutt is 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 really good um at his job um which is when Claire and Jamie are about to talk um, right before uh, leg hair comes in. You see Jamie uh, and uh, Claire trying to speak to each other and the lighting that they're showing is fantastic. You have the warm orange light from the firelight and the candles in the room and it's juxtaposed against the cool blue light from the night sky coming in through the window. So you see the nature of the conversation that is about to happen. It's telling you visually. Sam, or Jamie, is about to tell you something that is going to be very hot. It is going to be very, very, very <laughs> confrontational. And Claire is sitting in the dark. She's sitting in the cool, calm unknowing blue light from the night sky and each time they pan back and forth you see the different kinds of light and what they represent and how they play off of each other and as sam or sam comes closer to cat both of the lights converge uh steve mcnutt 
does an amazing job. Again, go back to the scene right before Leghead jumps in and they have this conversation. Um, oh my goodness, just just excellent stuff, excellent excellent lighting. Um, at any rate, uh, where are we here? Oh yeah, uh, Angela continues to say, "I want to do also address why did Jenny from the Brock send for Leghead." Our crack sleuths in the clan have determined that Jenny was the mastermind of this whole match. If you look at this title card, Jenny is piling figs on a plate that little Joan is holding. This is right before she brightly walks over to Jamie. Do you like figs? Then her smiling like the cat that ate the canary as she watches her plan come together. So she is carrying a bit of guilt she doesn't want to admit to and resents Claire for the whole thing. So she wants all the cards on the table, and if Claire is going to turn that and all uh, turn tail and run all over it, then so be it. Let it. Let's get it done. And if it pushes Claire away, so be that too. And if she can feel like she did the right thing. And lastly, the thing you didn't like, which was the fight. No, no, I liked the fight. Didn't like the sexual part of the fight. Um, she says she loved it. It was so Jamie and Claire. This is how they are. Very passionate, very physical. And believe it or not, Claire is more about the physicality than Jamie is. She senses all that passion and fire in him and thrives on it. She likes that Highlander warrior side of him. The visceral rawness. I loved it. And the thing that you liked best, the indecision on the cliff, was the part that felt out of whack to me. They needed to have resolution by then for me, and it felt out of place for me coming after her big declaration of the steps to Jenny, declaring her love for Jamie and asking for a second chance. That's my thoughts. Love you guys. See you on Saturday, Mary, at the event in Bel Air, Maryland. Uh, thank you for going. Uh, listen, I, geez, uh, this is the beautiful thing about Outlander. I think people watch it for for different reasons. Um and you get certain things out of it that I don't and, and vice versa. So, uh, I think, uh, I think we're in, you know, we're in good hands here. <laughs> um, the emails for, uh, this one's from Meredith. She says, dear Mary and Blake, what would I have given for this episode to be titled secrets and lies? I totally agree with you. Um, going back to Jamie's quote from the first book, I think it'd give this episode four, five kilts. Now, if you remember, I did I did bring up a point to you that Joy Blake did build on certain lines and certain scenes from previous episodes or earlier in that episode to have this um, episode called Secrets and Lies would have been in tune or in line with that motif or theme, which ultimately, Meredith, you are right. That's where it sh- that's what it should have been named. Um Going back to Jamie's quote in the first book, I think I'd give this episode 4.5 kilts. First thing, Ferks, where do they find these kids? Ian Jr. has the father's height and hair and his mom's face. And Leghair's daughter, Marcely, looks so much like her. It's amazing. That's right. I thought it was actually I thought it was actually Leghair at first. Do they grow these kids in a lab? And why hasn't Jenny aged more? I know she isn't more than 47, but working on the farm and having lots of like six kids is, is hard work. I think she has 201 kids, to be honest. I really felt sorry for everyone in the episode, for Claire as reality crashed right into her, and for Jamie for not knowing how not to scorn two women simultaneously, <laughs> and for losing a total of six children. I count Fergus because he grew up at Lallybrock. I don't really blame him for keeping quiet to Claire. He wasn't about to go to leg hair and tell her Claire was back. Hello, bigamy charges and violence. So his plan was obviously to try to get a divorce with 
out with mentioning Claire, and being a Catholic, I doubt she would have granted one, which leaves Jamie with the task of telling Claire that she's free to be his mistress forever. Claire came back to Jamie to be Jamie's wife, nothing less, so she might as well have decided that going back might be easier. And which makes sense, if he did was afraid to lose Claire, you don't want to tell her. Uh, this one's from David, he says, I'm a new listener to Outlander Cast, courtesy of my girlfriend, Cora. Thank you for listening. Uh, he says, we love what we're doing. I have not read the books yet. Um, David, don't read the books. Just to, just enjoy the show. Uh, or, 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 or only read the books that have since passed. That's my opinion. That's my advice. Uh, but I absolutely adore the show. On the most recent episode, My First Wife, my keen eye for flags is potentially revealed where young Ian is being taken to. The emblem on the flags which are raised by the ship is that of the Portuguese. I am unsure how that will link within the storyline, but Portugal was extremely powerful at this point in time and colonization was rife in the mid-18th century. That is eagle-eye work. Excellent job there, David. And uh, maybe they're going to a Portuguese colony, so uh, who knows? This one's from Linda. She says, 4.8 kilts. I really liked First Wife a lot. It continued to move the story along well, and Jamie and Claire are very slowly coming around to each other. Claire's concerns for Jamie were very heartening, and even though Claire's response to Jamie's line, will you take me and risk the man that I am for the sake of the man that you knew, was cut short, they are coming closer together. But every time they're close, something interrupts. A knock on the door, leg hair with a gun, a pirate shit, come on! Jamie's recollection of Hogmanay was beautiful. It lends nicely for a voice for Jamie, who, in marrying Leghair and her girls, just wanted to have a life with a purpose, just like Claire had in raising Bree without him. The great was finally, finally hearing Jamie say to Claire, will you take me, yada yada. The good was young Ian and Jenny. Come on, commandment number three, commandment number four, we, Ian and Jenny. Bell portrays Ian so well, so nicely. This whiskey's for you, Auntie. And Jenny is just the smartest woman on the show. Love her in the bad. Okay, I get it. Enough with the darkness and the strife. Close the gap. Let Jamie and Claire truly reunite. It wasn't quite there, despite all the wonderfulness this episode truly was. I need Claire to come to understand that nothing else matters because they love one another. I need the moment when she understands that Jamie is the key that unlocks her true self. And please, stars, stop the interruptions and let them truly reunite for Christ's sake. Oh, my goodness gracious. And the uh, last email is uh, from Ned. And he says, I just started listening to your podcast, although my family already listened. Thank you very much, Ned. I just heard your latest podcast. And I have to say that I believe that Jamie is already paying for his marriage to leg hair. And it's the thing that hurts Jamie the most, which is losing children. Jamie has already lost four children as the fourth episode this year. He lost Faith, then he lost Brianna, and becoming a fugitive, he lost the ability to raise Fergus because Jenny and Ian had to do it. He didn't watch Fergus grow up either after he went to prison. Yes, he got time with Willie, but he couldn't tell his real name. He couldn't even tell him that he was the father, and he couldn't tell him that he loved him. He wasn't even allowed into the house whenever Willie was having a birthday. So let's take the resemblance thing out of the equation for a minute as a reason to live. How long do you think this heart could have tolerated that situation? And then he gets two stepchildren who he loves very much. So what are the consequences of his marriage to their mother? 
she will never let him see them again. And if he writes them, she'll tear the letters up out of pure hatred. Those are the consequences, big consequences. So I think that between watching his foster son get his ham chopped off, going to prison and eating rats, and feeling that Geneva's death is his fault, has Jamie already paid for his mistakes in spades? I think there's a conversation to be had there, Ned. Uh, Yes, he does become a liar. He had to exist under aliases and hiding out for so long that he doesn't even feel that telling outright truth is an option anymore. He'll snap out of it by the end of the season. I guarantee it. You asked why Jamie gave Lord John that sapphire. I believe he offered John the chance to kill him and then he spared him that Jamie was actually grateful for his life. So we gave John the sapphire as proof that he was the, that there was treasure out there on the aisle. Yes, he fibbed that there was only one stone left, but you could have gotten a boat out there himself, found the gold and released from his exile. Yes, Jamie wanted to use the treasure for himself and for his family, but he wanted to give John the chance of getting out of Ardsmere as well. So he gave him the sapphire to see if he would pursue the matter further. He didn't, so the treasure was Jamie's. But think what Lord John would have lost if he had gone out there. He would have been transferred out of the prison, and both Jamie and John would have gotten the son that they share. Wow. Well, you know, I'll tell you, uh, all valid points, uh, well-written, Great job, Ned. Excellent. Uh, now it is time for uh, the voicemails. So uh, let's see what we got here. Hey, Mary and Blake. It is Suzanne from Northern Maine. God, I've been calling every week, it sounds like. <laughs> um, I wanted to say first, um, I won't dwell on this, but um, I'm so sorry about the loss of um, what really is a family member. And so um, I think all of us understand the delay in the podcast and, and stuff, but... Thank you. Um, Thank you. Send my uh, condolences. Thank you. Um, On a good note, (laughs) I thought this episode, um, First Wife, was perfect. Um, I thought Joy Blake got every important thing that um, from the book, from these this section of the book, um, and I just thought it was great. So. I can't. It's five kilts. I can't do a GBG because I don't have a. Um, I don't have a bad. <laughs> um, you know, from the opening to that unbelievable shot of the sails opening up and the ship sailing away, um, incredible. And so I just thought the whole episode was awesome and the fight was great. Um, Increased tension between Jamie and Claire than in the book, but I think it's reasonable. Um, anyway, you guys hang in there, and um, hopefully we'll talk to you next week, and hopefully the uh, episodes will continue to be like this. Okay, have a great week. Take care. Bye. Thank you, Suzanne, for calling in. Um, listen, I, I thought the shot was beautiful at the end, uh, and I do think that this episode was was excellent. You know, I just, again, I'm, I'm going to say it. I don't like manipulative cliffhangers. And that to me was a manipulative one on two levels. One with, with we Ian getting taken and the ship just appearing out of thin air and then going away. And, and then obviously the thing with Claire and Jamie and being unsure and it's, and it's manipulative because Claire clearly is going to stay with Jamie. Clearly, otherwise there's no story left. She has to be with him. She has to stick with him to go save Wee Ian. 
So naturally, that plot point will have Claire, it forces her to forgive Jamie. It forces her to. Um, I, I just, I do wish that in the episode she she had left. Uh, she had left Jamie, and at least for a little bit. I think that would have been, that would have served the story well, and Jamie would have paid at least for a brief moment for his actions. Hey, Miriam Blake, it's Donna. I'm throwing this right out on the table. I loved this episode, and I'm giving it five big old kilts. Joy Blake, thank you so much for keeping the heart of this story intact. There was a lot of story to tell, and in my opinion, she took the essence of the story and left out the fluff. We get to spend some time with Jamie and Claire, and how uncomfortable were some of those moments. The toll 20 years took on both of them. No matter how mad she makes me for sending for Leary, my great has to be Jenny. Oh my God, she reminded me so much of my mother. You can see and feel her hurt, her betrayal, her suspicion by the way she uses that sharp tongue of hers. Family writes letters telling one another they're alive. What a great line. You know, I never warmed up to Jenny in Voyager, but seeing her in this episode gives me pause and empathy. She is the anchor and protector. Family is her focus, and Laura Donnelly captured Jenny Murray to the T. I do believe she sent for Larry out of fear, fear that Claire would take Jamie far away, and we know how Jamie will follow Claire anywhere. Well, didn't that just bite her in the bum? <laughs> My biggest fear with this episode was how were they going to spin the Jamie being married to Leary story? Well, this was actually my good. I am usually not a big fan of flashbacks, but the story Jamie tells of Hogmanay is told with compassion. It made me feel sad for Jamie and recognize the 18 years of loneliness that he endured. And for a moment, a moment, I felt for Leary too. For my bad... Stop with Jamie being deceptive with his family. Well, until next week, talk to you later. Bye. Thank you, Donna. As always, you rock when you call in. This is what I will say about Leary. Do I feel bad for Leary? A little bit. I feel bad for Leary a little bit, like you, Donna, because Jamie felt it was worth his time to be with her. And... She did, at least for a little tiny bit, provide Jamie some kind of relief from all of it. Everything. That is worthy of Jamie, at least for a little bit. Now, should it, does she suck? Yeah. Leary's leg hair sucks, okay? <laughs> Let's just get that straight up. Leg hair sucks. But I felt bad for her, and I felt bad for Jamie, and I appreciated the story, and I appreciated why he would spend his time with leg hair, Simply because of that flashback. Simply because Jamie needed something. And he found it. Whether we like it or not, as shitty as it might have been, and as misguided as it may have been, he found a brief reprieve in in leg hair. So I'm willing to go along with that. I'm I'm willing to go with that for now. Hey, Mary and Blake, this is Denise. I just wanted to call and give my feedback on episode 308, The First Twice. And I'm giving this one a kilt rating of five. I'm right with Mary all the time with our fives. <laughs> and my GBG is the good is the casting. I just can't believe how well they have casted and continue to cast this show. Lauren Lyle as Marsali playing to Nell Hudson's Leary, her daughter, 
it just, I mean, they couldn't have picked a better girl. And just throughout, I think they've done a great job. And we can refer to Ann Gavin's post in our blog blog page. Uh, the bad, I didn't have really a bad until I went back and watched it a few more times. And I think Ian and Jenny and their scolding of Jamie and Claire for not telling them about the true story or what they think is the true story of Claire's disappearance. They, they just wouldn't let it go. And so if I had to pick a bad, I guess that would be it. And my great is that Jamie is back. I feel like Jamie is back in himself. Uh, although we see little hints of some darker side, we we are seeing Jamie again. And saying that, I feel like Outlander is back. And going forward, no matter where we go, I think that the Outlander feel will stay true. And I'm pretty excited about that. Um one of the other bads, oh, yeah, poor Ian, poor Stephen Cree. You know, everybody else has done so well, and I think Ian just got the short end of the aging stick <laughs> as far as that goes, so there's that. All of the quotes that were taken from the book are wonderful, and it's nice to hear those again. But having said that, I kind of have it backed off from reading the books and listening to the books, and I'm just taking the series for what it is, and I think I'm enjoying it a whole lot more. So that might be something some people might want to do, just enjoy the series for what it is. And having said that, we only have five episodes left, and that makes me sad. So thanks again, guys. Hope you have a great week, and talk to you soon. Thank you, Denise. Thank you for calling in. Yes, Denise gets it. Let the show be the show. Just watch the show. And the books are always there. You want to read the books uh, you know, after the season? I, go, read, go, go to your freaking hot's content. Just enjoy it, but just watch, just watch the show and stop comparing because it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. Let the show speak for itself and then go from there. Hi, it's Teddy Potter. I'm actually not in the car. Oh, so I love this episode 308 and I also loved your podcast 101. Thank you. I left my butt off. (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to do a good, bad, great. I don't normally do it, but here we go. The good was the hilarious lines in this show. When, after Jamie got shot, when he said, whiskey's a liquid, no. <laughs> and also, he also was feverish, and he said it was the heat of shame. I died. <laughs> And then, of course, the famous Ian line, which I think you guys said, um, if there's a pot of shite put to boil, blah, blah, blah. Hysterical. (laughs) Okay, that's my good. My bad was Leary leg hair calling Claire in English, see you next Tuesday. (laughs) Naughty. (laughs) And the great was James' interaction with the little girls. I'm so glad they focused on that as the main reason for him connecting with Leggy. Uh, it was perfect. I really like this episode. Love you guys. Goodbye. Bye, Teddy. Thank you. Teddy, my all-star caller. She is amazing. I just love her so very, very much. And thank you for listening to the podcast and enjoying it. Thank you so much. Well, guys, that is, uh, that's it. That's it. There, um, <laughs> one thing that you ought to know <laughs> is I have banned myself from Twitter for a little bit. Um, because, well, 
I'll just say that this Facebook thing and Sony and it's just got me in a bad mood. And I will also tell you that I got a bad temper and I got a bad attitude. <laughs> so I can't deal with trolls right now. I can't deal with much. So Twitter's out. I don't really have any Twitter feedback right now because I don't want to accessing Twitter. Uh, Mary and, and Ashley and, and you know, those people are and they're, they're taking care of it. So know that if you're getting interaction on Twitter, it's, it's from Mary. Um, and bless her. She's amazing. Thank God. She's the, the honey to my bee <laughs> put, put lightly. Um, so I don't have any Twitter stuff. Uh, that was the voicemails as for now. Uh, I think it's time to close out this show and, uh, Mary, what do you think? Okay, good. <laughs> Let's close it out. Well, like I said earlier, uh, please do go check Mary out if you are in the Maryland area uh, at her event this coming Saturday. Uh, and uh, I think it's happening in the morning. I'm not exactly sure. All the event details are on Facebook and you can check it out. And It's all there. You don't need me to tell you all about it right here. But if you are in Maryland or you're, you are in Delaware or you're in D.C. or uh, you're in the that chesapeake area <laughs> uh go please uh hang out with mary for a little bit and check out some artifacts and do that whole rigmarole i think i think that'd be a lot of fun and mary was dying to meet all of you and, and to hang out and it's it's a lot of fun to do that and uh i can't wait and also i i can't wait for the uh, finale party that we're going to have as a reminder the tickets i think as of when you are listening to this they are available they are available at facebook remember it is only uh 70 tickets uh, for a small event. So get there early, get there often, and uh, get those tickets as soon as you can because I guarantee you, not because I'm uh, you know, a narcissist, although I'm a podcaster, so uh, yes, I'm a little bit of a narcissist. <laughs> That's, if, if you're a podcaster and you're not a narcissist or you don't want to admit it, then you're, you're just lying to you and you're, you're lying to everybody else. Um, it's not because of that, but just because I, I've got a feeling that uh, a lot of people, at least from the interactions that I've got so far, uh, are wanting to come and they're going to be getting these tickets very soon. So, and it, it is a small event. So check that out and please go to uh, Facebook and get those tickets that way. You don't miss out and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do the live podcast. We're going to have live music. We're going to, you know, check all the show out thing and we're going to, uh, we're going to, you know, just have drinks and food and desserts and it, it, we're going to have vendors and kilt making and just, it's a whole thing. And all the, again, all the details are on the event by Bright Page. Check it out there. And uh, each ticket is $70. None of that is going to Mary or I. We're, we're not gaining anything out of this other than we're just putting a party on and anything that you give to us is just put towards the party. Uh, so please just the more people that can come the better and it'll be awesome so I'm really looking forward to it uh, in the meantime though you could please do tell a friend that this podcast exists that is the single best way to grow this community yes reviews to help and if you want yes go do a review on iTunes every podcast will tell you will tell you review me on iTunes and it'll help my rating and no tell a friend that's the most important thing you can do. Tell someone that we exist. Tell someone that the blog exists. And um, that will grow the, grow the community. That is what matters most. Reviews are great. And yes, please do it. But grow the community. Tell a friend. As for now, ladies and gents, 
My name is Blake. I wish my wife were here with me, but she's off having a life. <laughs> and I'm so proud of her for doing that. Uh, again, thank you all for the well wishes uh, about my cat. I do say I, I do feel funny saying that, but I, it's it's true. Um, I, we received a number of cards uh, and uh, and well wishes and 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 thoughts and prayers and you know if praying is your thing or you just want to keep me in your thoughts, I do appreciate that. It is a member of our family that is now gone, uh, and it's been pretty tough. Uh, I will I will admit it's been pretty tough. Um, so, but thank you very much for everybody that has has done that. Uh, and also, one last thing: if you want to hear my thoughts on Outlander, the book itself, you can hear them. Just go to Patreon.com/slash/OutlanderCast and become a patron for as little as two dollars a month, and you will be be able to not only get these episodes early, but you will also get my chapter-by-chapter analysis of Outlander the book. And if you become a $10 level patron, you actually get 10% off from any purchase in the Minute with Mary store. Imagine that. How amazing is that? So $10 and above, 10% off. So uh, everybody, thank you so much. We'll chat soon.